0: Good evening, I want to thank you for joining me tonight for Destined for Torah, and tonight we are going to teach about Destined for Atonement, so we'll get started in just a couple minutes. So I'm going to give folks a few minutes to jump on. Heavenly Father, I just pray that your name will be magnified tonight, and I just pray that your glory will fall so heavy during this teaching this evening. And Lord, I just pray tonight, Lord God, that your spirit will move mightily upon the saints tonight. And Lord, I just pray that you will arise with healing in your wings. I pray, Lord God, that you'll do such a move and there'll be such a move of your spirit upon your people tonight. Lord Jesus, I just ask you to arise with healing in your wings and bring healing to your people tonight. I'm asking you, Lord God, for physical healing, for spiritual healing, for emotional healing, and every form of deliverance tonight, Lord God. I just thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to study your word with your saints tonight. And I just thank you, Lord God, that the Spirit of God is going to move so mightily here tonight. And we just pray this in Jesus' glorious name. In Jesus' glorious name we pray. Amen. Well, saints of God, we're going to go ahead and get started tonight. Again, I want to thank you all for joining tonight. And tonight I'm going to continue on teaching from my, my latest book called Man in the Mirror creating a more authentic version of you and i just want to give you just a quick introduction for many of you this will be a repeat but i I wrote this book because i desire that you discover the treasures that are within your soul and god will use the painful experiences of your life to bring you into his purpose king david the psalmist of israel shows us the blueprint to discover the treasures that lay dormant within our own souls And David used his painful experiences to draw closer to God. And he compiled, he wrote many of the Psalms through the painful experiences. Last week we shared from Psalm 23 and how Psalm 23 is an outpouring of the pain he went through when he was first anointed. And as he drew closer and closer to God, God used all of his painful experiences to not only to draw himself to God, to draw himself closer to God, but he's used God has used David to draw countless people closer to him th- throughout the, the generations. And his and uh, and it's my prayer tonight that your life will be impacted in a tremendous way through the Psalms of David. And it's through the painful struggles of life that you will discover your man in the mirror. The man in the mirror is God's image perfected in you. And in, in this book I will focus and in this teaching i will focus on helping you discover the beauty that lays dormant within your soul because god is going to mold you into his image which i call your man in the mirror image and it's through the painful situations of life that god will use to, to bring you into your high calling in christ jesus so i just invite you to allow I invite you to allow me to take you on that journey uh, to your man in the mirror a more authentic version of you amen and so let's go ahead and So tonight, I am going to talk about Destined for Atonement. And Destined for Atonement is the title of tonight's teaching on Thursday, August 12, 2021. And I'm teaching from Chapter 6 of my book, Destined for Atonement. And the concept of atonement is a concept that's found throughout the Bible. You cannot study the Bible without reading about atonement. And, you know, how do we define atonement? And there are many levels of atonement. And the definition of atonement, I'll give you the uh, Webster definition. One of the definitions of atonement is the, the reconciliation of God and humankind through the sacrificial death of Christ Jesus on the cross. And that is the ultimate form of atonement. And another definition of atonement, also from Webster, is reparation for any offense or injury. And I'll teach about both of these types of atonement tonight. And if I may give you some uh, some example, you know, during the season that we're in, and I, I also teach from God's biblical calendar. And this the month that we have entered into on the Hebrew calendar is the month of Elul. Elul is the is the month of the search. The word Elul is an Aramaic word meaning the search. And this entire sixth month on the Hebrew calendar is the month of self-examination. It's a month of repentance. It's a month that we call tshuva or teshuva in Hebrew. And it's a month, not just only of turning away from our sins, but it's a month to allow God to bring reparation in our lives, reparation in our relationship with God, re, um, reparation in relationships with one another, and and really to bring all of our works into our right standing with God. Because on Rosh Hashanah, which is the first day of the seventh month, is a day that we call Judgment Day, as we see in Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3. And Judgment Day is the day in which all of creation passes before God in, in judgment. But before we get to Judgment Day, or the day where we, we have to reckon for our works before God, because it's not a judgment of our salvation. Our salvation is already guaranteed. We have salvation by receiving Christ Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, and by s- surrendering our lives to Him. But the works that I'm talking about that are judged are our service and, 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 and our and the way we live our lives. And that's what that is what rosh hashanah is all about but god gave us the gift of the month of a the month preceding the month that contains rosh hashanah the month of tishri the entire month of a is a month of self-examination it's a month of repentance it's a month of getting our relationships right with god relationships right with one another and even our, our the way we perceive ourselves to, to even bring uh, healing in, in in the way we judge ourselves so this is a time this is an exciting time of the year and it's a time of atonement because it's a time of re- reconciliation. It's a time of reparation, and atonement addresses all those things, especially during this Hebrew month of Elul. And I'll I'll speak to you more about Elul and Rosh Hashanah, the month of, in the month of Tishri and talk about the biblical feast in more detail in future teachings. But tonight, I want I want to focus on your man in the mirror amen so if you're with me please say amen um, if i may uh kindly request of you you know if, if you if you enjoy these teachings you know i encourage you to make comments to like this post and, and also if you could go on my on my page dr sanjay prachapati and, and 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 also subscribe to that that as well amen there's so many ways that you can connect with me and it's, it's my prayer that you just grow deeper and deeper in god and I, and I pray that God is going to move so mightily with you tonight. In Jesus' glorious name. Amen. So you are destined for atonement. Aren't you excited about that? So we're going to re- we're gonna study from chapter 6 of my book, Destined for Torah. I'm not going to teach the entire chapter, but I am going to highlight a few areas. And again, I do encourage you to go out to Amazon.com and get your own personal copy. And if you would like a signed copy, I also have them available at, at, at our services Um, on sunday evening and wednesday evening too at um at breath of the spirit ministries so i want to read a quote to you from the rabbis and this is what it says learn torah and return to what you should be now the word torah can be can be replaced with the word instruction i might the definition i use is the entire bible from genesis through revelation the, the most literal definition of Torah is the, it refers to the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses from Genesis through Deuteronomy. In a more general sense, the Torah can refer to the entire Hebrew scriptures from Genesis through Malachi. And, and, the, and the interpretation I use for Torah or definition I use is the entire Bible from Genesis through Revelation. And as we see in Second Timothy 3.16, the, the entire Word of God can be used for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction. And so the, the quote I want to read here is, Learn Torah and return to what you should be. So when you go into God's Word, you will discover what you should be. That is how you discover your man in the mirror image, is when you study God's Word, because the blueprint to your destiny is found in God's Word. I want you to take what I'm saying here extremely literally, and I want you to use God's Word to, to really help the... Uh, To really help you discover the treasures that are in your soul and to help you discover who you are in christ jesus you know you can pick up any book you can pick up any college textbook and you can learn a subject you can pick up a newspaper and learn today's or yesterday's news you can pick up a magazine and, and learn different things but if you want to learn about your blueprint, if you want to learn about your design, the place that you go to find your blueprint is in God's Word. I mean, this is the owner's manual for your life, amen? It's not just the owner manual, owner's manual for your neighbor's life, it's the owner manu- owner's manual for your life as well. And I encourage you all to allow God's Word to be relevant in your life and allow God's Word to take root in your life. I want you to think back over the last year plus during this pandemic, during the COVID-19 pandemic. And you can see how people have been so consumed with the pandemic and so consumed with fear, because that's all they feed their souls is is just is the fear that's coming out as a result of just just feeding on that. And I'm not saying that you should not be um, educated and know what's going on today. But what I want you to do is not be consumed by what's taking place in the world and by what's taking place in the in the news. The only thing that you should be consumed is 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 with God's word. And I encourage all of you to to really dive into God's word. And the, and the reason, one of the reasons why I wrote this book is that I want you to see God's word as living. Because all I'm going to do in this book is draw you closer to the Bible and draw you closer to God. And as you dive into this book, you you will discover who your man in the mirror image is. I'm speaking to both male and female tonight. And uh, I'm speaking to from, to from the children all the way to the elderly that you will discover who you are in God. Amen. So let me read this entire quote. Learn Torah and return to what you should be. The Torah of Hashem, is perfect that means god's word is perfect it brings back the soul the torah is upright and it enlightens the eyes and it is pure accept the torah and and imitate adam before the sin and when you go back to genesis chapter one chapter two look at adam and eve before the fall look at the uh, i mean look at the glory they walked in they dwelt and they labored in this place called uh, this this place called the garden which was in eden and god planted this garden within eden so we call it the garden of eden and and look at the the wisdom and the anointing that adam walked in in fact god caused all the animals to 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 appear before act to appear before adam and adam named every creature according to its 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 um it's its character its its genetic makeup he he and and every name that he gave the each animal represented the destiny and the calling and the purpose of of each of god's creation and he and he was so prophetic in the way he operated. I mean it was just incredible at the lofty level that he operated in and and he was consuming God's word, and he was walking in God's ways, and in a sense, he was the first priest that dwelt upon the earth because his calling was to was to take care of the garden, and the labor that he performed was a spiritual form of labor, and that's what God wants to do with us. I mean yes, we have natural labor, we have work in the world, we have many responsibilities but don't let that keep you from the highest form of labor and the highest form of labor is serving god the highest form of labor is is toiling in god's word i'm telling you tonight you will be toiling in god's word with me and even as i'm taking you through the highlights of my book i'm not going to stay there because we're going to allow the holy spirit to take us where he wants to take us and to teach us what he wants to teach us tonight amen and so as we learn god's word and you can replace the word torah with the word bible and learn the Bible and return to what you should be. See, when we turn to the things of the world, we we, we, we start doing things that sometimes things that we should do, but often things that we should not be doing. And, and But when we return to God's Word and we study God's Word and we learn God's Word, what takes place is we learn what we are supposed to be. And we learn what our higher calling is in Christ Jesus. Amen? And the God's word, God's word will illuminate you. It will enlighten you. It's completely pure. There's no selfish agenda in God's word. You know, whenever you read a news article, a, a newspaper, whenever you read an a, any form of article, even read a a, te- a textbook, especially a history book what you're getting is somebody else's agenda and you're getting what they want you to get and 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 it has it, it, and often it has its own agenda but when you study God's word you are studying God's agenda and God's agenda for your life is perfect and and it's refining and God's word is go, is is going to enlighten you and illuminate you and bring clarity clarity to your life amen see the, the study of God's word not only reveals the pathway to heaven, as which is the ultimate form of atonement, because we are destined for atonement. A- and the highest form of atonement is through the sacrificial death and resurrection of Christ Jesus, our Messiah. A- and, and, he re- and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So the study of God's Word reveals the, the pathway to heaven, but that's not all that it reveals. God's Word reveals how man or woman is to live on earth and, and what God and what God's plans are for you within this lifetime and before Adam and Eve sinned in the garden of Eden mankind's pathway was straight it was clear I mean God God took the man that he had formed and placed him into the garden see he wasn't created in the garden he was created in the place that we call the field it was some place outside of the garden and God took him and placed him into the garden to perform a priestly type of service. But when sin entered into mankind, when Eve and Adam partook of that forbidden fruit, and we don't know if it's an apple. I don't even believe it was an, an apple. All I do know is that Adam and Eve partook of some form of forbidden knowledge. And when they partook of that knowledge, it, it, it caused sin to enter into the world and what took place at that very moment is that mankind's path in this world became warped it was no longer clear and it's only through the study of God's word and through prayer and through fasting and through uh, you know through prayer and just meditating on God's word and through the prophetic voices that God will bring atonement even in our lives here on earth and He will make our path clear to us. Are you all ready for that? Are you ready to see God's path being made clear to you and that, God, that, and that Jesus will bring direction in your life and lead you in, in His path? Not your own path, but lead you in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Amen? And, and I'm going to give you an example of Jesus. Jesus' pathway was made straight at His baptism. You know, Mark chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, and I'll read this to you from the RSV translation. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And I want you to know that Jesus will do the same thing for you. The Holy Spirit will... Uh, will, will, will will bring clarity to your path. Amen. God is no respecter of persons and Jesus shows us the blueprint to our own callings in, in, in God. Amen. And, and at his baptism and when he came up out of the waters, because what he was doing was fulfilling the scriptures. He was fulfilling the Hebrew scriptures. And when he came up out of the water, immediately, can you say that with me? Immediately, he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And you can expect the Spirit of God to descend upon you. And, and the dove doesn't really mean you know, a, a physical dove as, as, as the bird, but the dove represents His gentleness. And the Spirit of God will not force Himself upon you, but He will gently descend upon you. And He will lead you and guide you into all truth. Remember what Jesus said before the crucifixion. He told His disciples that he would, that He would send the Comforter. And the Comforter will teach you all things. And the Comforter is here right now. And the Comforter first came to us, the church, on the day of Pentecost. And God will make your path straight and God will give you direction. See, I don't want you all to get caught up in the waves of this of this coronavirus pandemic and the Delta variants and, and, and so on and so on. I want you to be so caught up into the things of God. And I want you to allow God to make your path straight and and allow him to bring clarity amen and first of all i'm going to talk about two levels of atonement the first level of atonement is the reconciliation of god the father and humankind through the sacrificial death of jesus on the cross and then we're also going to look at at another form of atonement which is a lower form is the reparation for an offense and and an injury and god will also bring atonement to you in your service in the way you live your life that he will make your path straight and the spirit of god will descend upon you and give you direction and bring you clarity amen and let's not now let's talk about atonement in david's life and you can't really talk about atonement without talking about the tabernacle and everything in David's life had something to do with atonement. And the word atonement can also, be, can also be replaced with the word reparation. For example, if you do something to offend a brother or a sister or, 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 or a friend or, or, you know, what can take place is something may happen to, to bring damage to that, to that relationship and the way you bring reparation or atonement to that relationship is to is to make amends and sometimes we can make amends b- by just humbling ourselves and and apologizing and in David's life he, even though he was called king he he was the Messiah, he he was, he was the second king over Israel he was the ancestor of Christ Jesus the Messiah he was the great grandson of Ruth who was who who was who was a a, a convert to Judaism and and i mean and he sat in royalty and he was a great he was a great man not only spiritually but but physically as you know not only spiritually but in the natural as well but the seat and and authority of david's royalty was not in his role as a king his his authority came from god himself and and his atonement the atonement he experienced were through abiding in god's presence and you are destined for atonement and there was something very special about David, is that the temple had a very special place in David's heart, and he and his during his entire life he longed to build the temple in Jerusalem, and this this desire was fulfilled by his son Solomon, who built who built the ta- who built the tabernacle not the tabernacle but built the temple in Jerusalem, and let me just let me give you just a little bit of background about David, and I'll teach you more about this in detail when we go through our studies in, in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. If you, if you recall the story when, when King Saul was out to have David killed out of jealousy, and when David fled, and he fled to the prophet Samuel, and they talked. Do you know what they talked about? They were not, they were not gossiping about the evil ways of King Saul. In fact, David always honored King Saul. What they talked about, and this is according to the rabbinic commentaries, they, they, David talked to Samuel about his longing to build the temple, because because the temple consumed him. Building God's temple was his heart's desire, and I want your desire to change to where you're not where your your primary focus is building the temple. And you may ask me, what does Sanjay? What does building the temple have? anything to do with me i mean we haven't had a temple in jerusalem in in 2000 years so what does this have to do? what do what do i have to do with a temple well paul tells us that we are the temple of the holy spirit and so your earthly bodies are the tabernacle the temple of the holy spirit and what we should be doing is focusing on building and refining His temple amen and that and what what is the temple for it's to make a holy habitation for god and as we get impurities out of our life and as we walk in repentance as we walk in forgiveness as we walk in god's ways as we walk in atonement and as we confess our sins and 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 we ask jesus to forgive us he he will not only forgive us but his blood will cleanse us from all unrighteousness amen and that is how you build the tabernacle or the temple in in your own life, and De- and the temple was an all-consuming endeavor of David, and so all he wanted to do was build a temple, and and De- and not only did not only did David build a physical temple, he also built the spiritual temple, amen, and that was within himself, and even when he became even when his senses became distorted, and 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 he covered up for his sin with Bathsheba and with her husband Uriah and how he covered up his sin extremely well and the prophet Nathan confronted him, he repented right on the spot and, and, and he began the process to purify himself and to return to God wholeheartedly. You know, we're very good at rationalizing things. We're very good at covering up our sins. We're very good at even justifying the gossip that we say and we're all guilty of different sins. And what I want you to do is just, is just to be transparent before God and allow Him to deal with your stuff. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, and then God came into the garden and He and He walked in the garden, what did Adam and Eve do? They hid. And this season, especially during the month of Elul, is a season in which Christ Jesus will come into our garden. He'll come into our place. He'll come to us in the field. And and, and He will commune with us. And and All He wants us to do is to be transparent before Him and allow Him to deal with our stuff. Amen. We all have all kinds of stuff. Let's allow God to deal with our stuff. I'm not going to use a spiritual word here. I'm just going to call it what it is. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to deal with our stuff. And let's pray a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, we just invite you just, just to come into our rooms, just to come to our place where we are right now. And we invite you to deal with our stuff to deal with our issues to help us with our unforgiveness, help us through our bitterness help us e- e- even the areas of where we have false expectations and even in places Lord, Lord where we feel that you have disappointed us you know and Lord and and, and and Lord we just invite you to, to deal with us and Lord we just ask you to help help us into that walk of repentance and forgiveness and to return to you all wholeheartedly. You know, sometimes as we go through the difficulties of life, we blame God for our difficulties and, and we get angry at God from time to time. You know, sometimes, you, you know, God knows our very best. God knows the end from the beginning. And it's very easy to get angry at God. But you know what, God, as far as I've learned over the years, God doesn't pay attention to my temper tantrums. And what we should do is just, it's just surrender to God. And sometimes, you know, not only do we need to forgive ourselves, we need to forgive others and 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 sometimes we need to just forgive god of course god has done nothing wrong but we we need to walk in that place of not holding anybody in a in, in a place where there's no forgiveness amen and that and we just let god be god and let god deal with it amen you know we we as humans may never understand why god allowed the holocaust to take place but you know what god's ways are way beyond my ways and um and 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 he knows he knows everything he knows I mean, he knows what he's doing. My my goal and your goal should be just to be in God's plan. Amen? And allow God to lead you into all truth. And God has called all of his servants to be prophets, as we read about in Amos. And and. God will not do anything without revealing his secrets to his servants, the prophets. And I want you to allow God to speak to you, reveal things about your destiny to you, to reveal things to you about end times and and what's taking place in these end end times and and how we handle the COVID-19, how we handle the the vaccinations. He will guide you into all truth. So I just encourage you to allow God to, to, to lead you. Amen. And there was something very special about the temple. You know, we're talking about a, a destined for atonement tonight. You know, the very soil where Adam was created, and of course, um, um, Eve was was formed from Adam's side side. The the dust that God created Adam from was the very soil where the future temple in Jerusalem stood. And the very pl- and, and that very same area is is where the temple was built and where where solomon built the first temple in jerusalem it was the, it was from the in the very same area and in genesis 2 7 it says and the lord god formed man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a, a living being and, and and that soil that dust was the very same area that the temple was built and notice here in the first few words of genesis 2 7 it says, the Lord God formed man. Can you say that with me? The Lord God formed man. And the words in Hebrew are, are Elohim Adonai, the Lord God. And, and, and the name of God that we say, that we say is pronounced as Elohim Adonai is a name that denotes God's mercy. It's a name that, den- that denotes God's forgiveness. And it's a name in which there's room for us to make mistakes. So when God formed man from the dust of the earth, God knew that mankind would sin. He knew that mankind would, would would blow it. So when he designed mankind, he used the name Elohim Adonai, and that name denotes that when we when we fall, we can re, we can repent and we can be restored to our service. Amen. We can restore. And I was one my one of my mottos is just when you sin, uh, repent quickly and return back to where you were before. Amen. And often God will elevate you to even higher, higher places because, because of the gift of, of forgiveness. When God created the heavens and the earth, the name Elohim Adonai is not used. The name Elohim alone is used when God created the universe because, the, uh, because that name denotes God's strict justice. And when you look at the operation of the, the moon, the Earth, the sun, the planets, the, the, it, everything operates by God's strict justice, and that means that the, 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 the these creations don't have a free will to where they can say, "Well, I'm not going to orbit. The Earth is not going to say, "I'm not going to orbit around the sun today." The moon's not going to say one day, I'm not going to orbit around the Earth." Because they, all, all these creations operate under God's name of strict justice, under the name Elohim. But when God created mankind, the name Elohim Adonai is used, and that name denotes that God's... It's, it's, it denotes that mankind was created with mercy in mind. Amen? And that when we blow it, He will return... That we, he, that we can be restored to where God wants us to be. And so... And, and whenever you think about temple... We think about sacrifice, don't we? And, and what's the sacrifice that we offer today? It's, we find it in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And it says to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. This is your reasonable service. So when you submit your life to God, even when you study God's Word, and even when you toil and study with me this evening, what you are doing is you are performing sacrifice. You are performing temple sacrifice. Amen? And so that's that's part that's a part of what you do to bring God's glory into your temple because you want God's presence to permeate your life, Amen. And you know your life can, can become so full of God's glory that even when you sleep, God God can speak to you in prophetic dreams. He can speak to you and reveal secrets to you, and because God wants God wants to permeate every single aspect of our being, and in Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, we learn about the animal sacrifices and the first fruit sacrifice that Cain and Abel brought. And it says, In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel brought of his firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offerings. Because Abel brought his first fruits to God. And I'm asking all of you, and inviting all of you to bring your first fruits to God, not only in tithes and offerings, but in your sacrificial service to Him. That when you come into God's house, you bring Him your very best—the best of your strength, the best of your emotions, the, the best of your the, just the best of everything. Amen. And and because sacrifice is so much a part of our walk in destined for atonement, and you know how I t- t- shared with you how you know about adam and adam created created from the dust of the earth uh, in the very you know at, at that place of the temple mount and that very place where the temple was built is the very same place where abraham took his son isaac and bound him to and built an altar to offer him as a sacrifice because because in genesis 22 god tested abraham to offer his own son Isaac on an altar, and of course, God does not require a sacrifice. And God was testing Abraham to see, uh, to help Abraham see that he was completely committed and submitted to God's will. And in Genesis 22, verses 9 through 11, it reads: When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there. And the question you should ask is: Built an altar where? And the scripture says, "Abraham built an altar there, that place of that altar is the very area where the temple was where the temple the future temples were built, the first temple and the second temple, and it's also in the same area where Christ Jesus was crucified and look, and look at the words used here: Abraham built an altar there, laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood." Do you see a word here that's repeated over and over? And it's not really even necessary for that word to be there so many times. It's the word wood. So Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. And bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. We see the word altar used a couple times. We see the word wood used a couple times. And when you and what does what does this remind you of? It should remind you of Calvary because the Holy Spirit is calling our attention to Calvary. What is Calvary? Calvary is where Christ Jesus was crucified. And it, the wood represents the cross upon which Christ Jesus was nailed to, and, and that's where he was hung. And then in verse ten, then Abraham put forth his hand. And took the knife to slay his son, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, "Abraham, Abraham," and he said, "Here am I and that's what God is calling us to do is that it, through all of our service, because the purpose of sacrifice, the purpose of prayer, the purpose of fasting, the purpose of fellowship with one another, the purpose of studying God's word is, 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 is all part of sacrifice. And, and sacrifice will draw us closer to God, and it will cause us to say, here am I. Amen? And it means, because it's, it's, it's sacrifice is designed to draw us closer to Him. Amen? And as I've called this chapter, destined for atonement, the temple should be the final destination in our lives, because it's the place of the final atonement. And in fact, Jesus was crucified on the very same mountain that Isaac w- was about to be offered upon. And death, death came into the world as a result of the first Adam, but life came into the world through Christ Jesus the Messiah. And as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 45-47, uh, through 47, Thus it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being the last adam became a life-giving spirit but it is not the spiritual which is first but the physical and then the spiritual the first man was from the earth a man of dust the second man is from heaven and what 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 paul is saying here the first man the first the first man adam was created from the dust of the earth but the second adam was from heaven, and that's Christ Jesus who came down from heaven to become the spotless Lamb of God. And the Book of Psalms, all of the Psalms, and, and it's actually there's five divisions in the books in the books of Psalms. There, there are actually five books of Psalms, and Psalms represents David's efforts to raise Israel back to the, to the level of Adam before the sin took place, before the sin in the garden. Uh, uh, what the, what David attempts to do through the Psalms is to raise man back up to the lofty level they knew before the fall. And Adam's name is shown to us in Leviticus 1-2, a man, with the word Adam in, in the parentheses, a man from among you who will bring a sacrifice to God. And now invite all of you to let, let us make the temple our final destination. And we should all long to build the temple of God in our hearts. By building God's temple in our hearts, we can commune with the Lord and draw closer to Him. And I wanna share with you, and we're just about done here, from John chapter four, verses 21 through 24. And it reads, and this is Jesus speaking to the woman at the well. And it says, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the father you worship what you do not know we worship what we know for salvation is of the jews but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth for such the father seeks to worship him god is spirit and those who worship him must worship him In spirit and in truth amen and that's what jesus desires we have not had a temple in jerusalem in 2000 years the temple was destroyed in 70 a.d the temple will be rebuilt and it's my opinion the temple will 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 be rebuilt when messiah returns there are some that believe it will take place before messiah returns but regardless of your opinion um the the ultimate place for the temple is within our hearts And that we learn and that we must worship god in spirit and in truth and that's what the heavenly father seeks after he seeks for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth and first corinthians 6 19 says do you not know that your body is the temple of this holy spirit within you which you have from god you are not your own and i want you to know that god i want you to know that your pain and your psalms are your masterpiece and how God used every painful situation in David's life for his glory and through that pain and through surrendering to God's will and through worshiping God in spirit and truth the Psalms of David became his masterpiece and I want you to know that you are part of God's masterpiece amen 2nd Samuel 23 verse 1 and this is what these are the last words of David look at what David says it says now these are the last words of David. The oracle of David, the son of Jesse, the oracle of the man who who was raised on high. The anointed of the God of Jacob, the sweet psalmist of Israel. See, this I like to call this David's obituary, and this is David ending his life on a high note. And it doesn't say now these are the last words of King David he's not giving reverence or honor to his title in fact his title is is removed and he says these are the last words of david and what he's doing he's praising god he's giving god all the glory and he's saying that god is the one that raised him on high and he's and and, and he's giving god the glory for for, for the anointing and, and 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 this was his greatest achievement this was what caused him to be raised on high this was david's masterpiece and that was becoming the sweet psalmist of israel amen and that was his song that was his oracle what is your song what is your oracle what is your masterpiece and it's my prayer tonight that the spirit of god will, will download destiny into into your into, into your mind and show you who you are in christ jesus because you are part of god's masterpiece and through the Psalms of David, you will be raised up on high. And David was able to take all of his pain, all of his suffering, and compile the Psalms and, 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 and even put them to song. And 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 it brought him to a place of joy. Amen. And it was such an awesome thing that God did with him. I mean, David so suffered in this life, extreme suffering. Can you imagine the pain that, that David went through? I mean, even his own son, Absalom, Absalom in, 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 his la- in the latter years of his life, took the kingdom away from him. And to see all the pain that he had went through, but through it all, he completely submitted to God. And, and look at all the rejections, the backstabbing, and the pain that he went through. But through it all, he, he, he made God his temple. He, he, he made God his holy habitation. And he surrendered to God through it all. And as I close here, I, I, I want to I read to you a quote from a book from a lady I'd met a few years ago. Her name is Jana uh, Bressenden, and she wrote a book called Become a Masterpiece. How to find beauty and meaning after losing your soulmate. And she wrote this in her book, and I'm just going to quote from her book. And it begins with, you still have a lot of living and loving to do. I'll read that again. You still have a lot of living and loving to do. And this is, this, is, this is her testimony. She says, I was six months pregnant with my third child when my husband got the results from his biopsy. It's cancer. You have two to five years to live. On New Year's Day 2010, I lost my soulmate and love of my life. He was 37 years old. I found myself a widow, a single mother overnight and asked the question, what now and what's next? In a moment of agony, I lay on my bed after another day of tears, telling God all the reasons why this man was perfect for me. How could, how I couldn't go on without him. How it hurts so much. That's when I got the message. And the Lord says to her, I know he's gone, but I'm still here. And I'm the one who gave him to you. You're still here, but you still have a lot of living and a lot of loving to do, and in that moment, I found the courage to get up and live, be, become a masterpiece in your journey to find beauty and meaning in your life after the death of her soulmate. And then she says, "My my hope and dream is you will begin to see your broken bits as part of your own masterpiece." And I invite all of you to make God allow God. to to pick up the broken pieces and and to take all your pain and use it for His glory. You know, allow it because everything works. I mean, all things work together for good to them that are called according to His purpose and allow God to pick up the broken pieces. See, I don't understand the pain and the difficulties and the challenges you go through. I don't understand why, you know, some of you may have lost a soulmate and you've lost different things. You've gone through different agonies. And, and living and there's nowhere in the Bible that says that when you, be, when you become a believer that everything in life is going to be wonderful. but what, one thing I do know is that God has given us the tools, and God has given us the blueprint to handle every single difficulty in life. I cannot imagine the pain and, 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 and what the martyrs have been through, those that were willing to, lay their li- to to lay their lives down for the gospel. Folks that were unwilling to renounce their faith in in Christ Jesus, but but remain faithful to the very end. And and we all have different tests in life. We all go through different suffering. But all this suffering is for God's glory. And God's going to use it. Amen. Even through this pandemic, through COVID-19, what good is going to come out of this? Well, you know what? In time, we will see the good that's going to come out of this. Right now we don't see, but in time we will see. And God is using all of this to create your masterpiece. And all of you are a all of you are a masterpiece. I encourage all of you not to see yourself any less than what you are in Christ Jesus. You, you, you are so wonderfully made, and God has a high calling in your life. And you, you know, I did teach you earlier that Rosh Hashanah is judgment day, and God is who's so good gives us so many opportunities to return to Him and to repent. And on the 10th day of the 7th month, which is Yom Kippur, our destinies for the next next year are sealed in God's books. And I want you to know that, God's, that you are God's holy habitation. And all the difficulties, all the challenges you go through are, are all part of the material, part of the building blocks that God's going to use to build His temple in you. Amen? And Heavenly Father, tonight, I just want to thank you for your saints that have joined us tonight and those that will join us afterwards with the recordings, Lord God. And Lord, I just pray that your spirit will fall so mightily upon the saints tonight. And Lord, I ask you to arise with healing in your wings, Lord God. Lord, I lift up JD, I lift up Cavia. I lift up Jelly, I lift up all the young people that are watching. And, and Lord, I just pray, Father God, that it be such a move of your spirit upon your people, Lord God. And I pray that this word will bring so much healing, will bring so much comfort, Lord God. And I just thank you, Lord God, for what you have done here and what you will continue to do in our lives. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. And saints of God, uh, please don't forget to like this and to to share this with your friends, to anyone that you think will benefit by this teaching. And um, again, I just want to thank you all for joining and I'll see you all next time. God bless.